This week, I sit down with two incredibly interesting rock and rollers to talk about Ye, formerly known as Kanye West. Self-invention, genius, and the American character all feature in this moving interview with thinking founder Susie Jamil and award-winning writer Kevin Ryan. This is the story of a kid from Chicago who went to the drawing board and made blueprints for his dreams before breathing life into them. Again, and again, and again. This episode is dedicated to Ye and to the act of self-creation. Susie Jamil and Kevin Ryan, thanks so much for joining me on 27 Rush. Good to be here, man. Great to be here. Thanks, Scott. No worries. Uh, This week, as you both know, we're going to dig into one of probably one of the most, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but we're going to dig into an artist that people love or people hate or people (laughs) have mixed feelings about. Um, That is an artist previously known as Kanye West, now going by Ye. Uh, and there's just, there's so much here, um, to discuss. So the first question, and this is going to be posed to both of you, I'll let Susie answer first. Uh, it, you know, it just has to do with, you know, what, what Kanye means, means to you. So why, in your opinion, is Kanye's music so successful? Like what's, what's special about it? He's one of the best selling artists of all time. Like mm. what, you know, what, what's so special, what's so different about his music, uh, for you, Susie, that, that really sets it apart? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right in saying Ye is one of the greatest artists ever. Um, I think like he, he's an aficionado of the generation. And I think that his impact on music, I, I think almost is unrivaled. Like maybe you could say, you know, Cuddy might have impacted hip hop as much as as Ye did, but I think it almost goes unrivaled. And he's impacted the genre so dramatically, especially with, you know, those first three albums. And he's continuing to lead the charge in the culture in an ongoing way. I mean, I think that's what for me makes him so special. I mean, I'm curious as to what Kevin thinks about whether anyone else in hip hop has influenced the culture as dramatically as, as Ye has? Like, what do you think? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody that, that compares uh, like even musically really. I mean, I guess we can go back to like Beethoven or someone, Mm. Uh, but I mean, it's, and all the metrics are there to, to sort of back that up. Uh, Just Mm. one of the most successful uh, musical artists of all time. No, very well said, Susie. So, I mean, the numbers tell the story here. The college dropout was an enormous success, you know, at the time that that it came out. My question, you know, goes back to why. The numbers only tell part of the story. Mm. What was so special about the college dropout? I mean, here we have some kid from Chicago who's, you know, a music producer and he's, you know, working with some some pretty big artists. Um, But, you know, he has no legs to stand on in terms of a a, a previous rap history he's not done much you know rapping and then he drops this album the college dropout and (laughs) i wouldn't say overnight but more or less overnight uh it's like that lord byron quote i awoke one morning to find myself famous but but, but scott it's more complicated than that i mean it's so much more complicated i mean the come up story of kanye west he Mm -hmm. was a producer 
before the album dropped and he was a well-known producer he had legs to stand on already people in the industry knew who he was and he knew and he even said this i mean if we're you know in the genius documentary that came out recently about him which i'll refer to i'll refer back to multiple times i'm sure but you know he says i pretty much can't fail at this because i already have a basis so i think a part of this like okay yeah he was a great producer but the other part is that the whole come up story is so relatable, but I mean, I mean, I'll let Kevin answer. I mean, why it's so important to him, but I think there's so it's so much more deeper rooted than just oh, the album drops and he's suddenly famous. But why? What was so? I'll get. To, I want to. We'll come to Kevin in a second, but yeah, me, I'm just curious about this. Why? What was what was special about the college dropout? What was so revolutionary about it? Oh, what was revolutionary about the the his actual first album at that time? At that time, hip-hop was not what we hear Kanye rapping about. At that time, hip-hop was gangster rap. Hip-hop was like, um, it was like the 50 Cent, uh, I'm going to get shot in the streets, I'm this dude, I'm the man. Where Kanye's like uh, polos and backpacks, <laughs> and he's coming in and he's, he's dressed immaculately. He is rapping about things that are close to his heart, like... Um, God, like his mother, like um, the way that people saw him and perceived him and his sound and the way that his album is produced and pulled together is completely off off kill, is is different than what you heard in the scene at that time. And that is what makes that album so special and and stand apart so far from the other music that we heard at that that moment in time. Yeah. I I just remember hearing those, like the chipmunk samples, because we had heard like chopped and screwed, you know, we'd heard it slowed down, but it was like, he somehow made the chipmunk cool. The chipmunk (laughs) pitch. And it was like, how is this guy doing this? And the, the, his soul samples were so warm. They they weren't digital, like, but they were still choppy. Like it was digital. I, I remember hearing that album on my car stereo when I was 16. And that was like, that was kind of my introduction to Kanye. And it was life-changing. Why was it life-changing, Kevin? So we're getting to the question now. Yeah. Or let's start with this. Why why was this life-changing for you? Yeah, I guess uh, in the the same way that that any sort of artwork is, but especially music is like, it makes you feel less alone in the universe. Uh, It connects you to something big that you don't fully understand and you you don't have to fully understand you just sort of you can meld with it you can blend in with it and um you can understand yourself better like there's a there's a journey that happens every time you engage with a really good piece of music and kanye like it hit me early on and and from there it's just been like kanye's just been like his albums have been part of my life events like you know he played at my uh ultralight beam played at my wedding when when my daughter was born you know like when pablo came out it was this a big deal because we were in this in denton texas you know i I remember where i was when i heard jesus is king i remember Mm -hmm. how long it took for donda to get here And then there's the whole cult of personality with Kanye too, which which Susie alluded to. We'll we'll get into the cult of personality and all of the non-musical elements of of Kanye in a second. Um, But what are, I mean, you mentioned uh, Ultra Lightning, but what what are some songs or some lyrics that really 
spoke to you, you used the word life-changing, which I think is is interesting, you know, the power of art to really have a real tangible effect on on people's lives and to be there with you through the, you know, some of the most important moments of your life, whether it's the, you know, the birth of a child or a wedding or whatever. Um, you know, what are, you mentioned one, but what are some songs or some lyrics from Kanye that, you know, really... In, in your parlance, made you feel less alone in the universe um, or spoke to you in some other meaningful way? Man, with it, Jesus is King, that first track, every mm-hmm. hour. Just, just mm-hmm. the repetition of that is there's sort of something ritualistic and prayer-like when you're listening to mm-hmm. it. Like, And I mean, there's so many tracks on his new album. 24 was like by far the most played song on my Spotify list last year. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think... I'm a sucker for any of the Kanye songs that are, it just feels like, uh, you know, like water, like a newborn daughter, as he says, yeah. like, it just feels, uh, and I like, I like, you know, I like jail part two. Like I like, uh, some of the, like the classics, like Jesus walks, mm-hmm. man. Like, um, good life. Um, I mean, good life is one of those ones that we used to just have on Friday nights before we went to, went out to the bars. Like, it just made you feel good. Yeah. I think it was so interesting that Kevin mentioned Ultralight Beans because that's a song I think I really, really relate to. And what's funny about that for me is that I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God, right? But I am. I, I get so into this song. I'll play it on full blast and I'll sing the lyrics as loud as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, referring to God and and that you 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 feel like you're in a church when you're listening to it, and you yeah. feel like everything's just washing over you. Like I can be reborn again to this music. And you know, he, he there's tracks in there um, like. Uh, I look, I look back at my ex like a pillar of salt and I just yeah. like hit that hard, you know, like there's so much that just makes you feel, wow, how does he capture what I'm feeling? How does he capture my vulnerability? Um, and then you hear a song like, Hey Mama, you hear him sing Hey Mama and you hear that being performed the first time on the Oprah show or wherever you hear that track. and. Um, I, I mean, we should get into Donda at some point because she's an incredible human, but um, that as well, it hits your heart in a different way. Like this boy was raised by his mom who took, who believed in him so, so thoroughly and so much, so deeply that he had this instinctual belief in himself. And that essentially mm-hmm. set the groundwork for him to become one of the greatest of all time. Why don't you dig into that a little bit more? That's 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 quite interesting. It's like, you know, I, I mean, this is in a, in a separate context, but someone gave me some advice once, and they said, if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect anyone else to believe in you? Um, Kanye, I think we all know, certainly does <laughs> believe in himself and, and whatever he's doing, and that's that's led to some Sorry. enormous. Uh, that's all good. It's led to some great success for him, whether it's in music or fashion um, or, or whatever he, he, he puts his mind to. Um, and it's it's obviously very important to believe in yourself, but it's also nice to have someone encourage you, particularly early on as a teenager. And maybe, maybe that's what he provides to people, to teenagers, to let them know, Kevin, you said, you know, you're not alone in the universe. Um, but let's let's get into Donda for, for a second. I mean, early on, um, I guess we, we can't in, in any way understate the impact that, that Donda had on, on Kanye's life and continues to have. Mm. 
Yeah, she's definitely. Susie, I thought it was interesting for you to mention about you being atheist. I, I don't, I don't know why I never even thought about making that connection. Is that I'm a Christian, but it's like I don't think that like I never thought that Kanye's more sort of like uh, Christian based music could still be inspirational. Uh, oh, wow. I don't know why that didn't yeah. occur. To me. That's a kind oh of a bad gosh. epiphany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's no, I'm glad you're man. having it. It's it's so I true. Got... And I think, you know, you guys have something. You Christians have something that I don't have. And that is community. And that is the kin that you have built around what your, your belief system. And I don't have that. And I, I envy you for that because that is a beautiful thing that you have. And, you know, you, you guys can connect over this shared belief. Um, and when I listen to music like this, and I, I admit, I don't, I don't love, um, I didn't love um, Kanye's purely, the album about God, the most recent one, what's it called, Kevin? Oh, Jesus is King. Yeah, yeah that pretty... wasn't my favorite album. It was a bit too intense. It's not really made for atheists. <laughs> 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 but but you listen to something like Ultra Light Beans, like I said, and yeah. it's all a, it's hallelujah. And and I'm there like, hallelujah, yes. Um, and um, it makes me feel empowered. So absolutely, it can still speak to me. But it's the same if I was to go to a church and I was able to sing along to the words, it would speak to me in the same way, I think. But yeah, definitely. Church music. Like, usually church, Christian music sucks so bad. <laughs> well, luckily we have Kanye to fix that, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, that's sort of the, the, like, contrarian spirit of his is like, oh, okay, this is an obstacle. That uh, This is something that's impossible. People are telling me this is impossible. I'm going to prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that, that I think ties well into, into Donda. I mean, mm -hmm. Donda tried to try to elevate his faith and try to elevate him as a person, as I understood it. Um, and believes in him. Like, you know, you, you hear her saying things like, you know, I was in the, I was in, did you hear me Kanye? I was in the audience. I was like rooting for you. Um, but she'll also bring him back down to earth. I mean, this is some, a, a kind of a dichotomy that I find challenging about yay is this idea about, you know, him, his personal belief in himself, while mm. people around him kept saying to him, I mean, Donda included, said to him, you know, when the giant looks in the mirror, he sees nothing. Pharrell says to him, make sure that when you make it, you, um, what, what was the word he used? He was like, you know, make sure you remember this feeling when you make yeah. it. And, and essentially what he meant was be, stay humble, stay true to who you are. Um, but yet then there's Kanye, you know, um, I wasn't there at this show, but I read it in that Atlantic piece, I think, when mm -hmm. Kanye's up on stage and he says something like, people always tell you, be humble, be humble. Why don't they tell you, be great, be awesome, you know, because that's what you need to hear, be great, be awesome. And I was like, shit, you know, that's a, that's a bit challenging for me because although, yes, we want to be humble and you know, we can talk about what it's like in Australia <laughs> to to have tall puppy syndrome, but ultimately yeah. there's a bit of a dichotomy between being humble and, and maintaining that greatness and striving, but I don't know what you guys think about that. It's an excellent point, and I, it's part of what I wanted to discuss, and it's part of why I brought an Australian and an American onto the show, um, is this this dichotomy. Kanye, there there is something uniquely 
American or distinctly, perhaps not uniquely, but distinctly American about the concept of self-invention, mm -hmm. of you know, drawing a character on the whiteboard and then breathing life into that character. The Atlantic piece was written by a guy named uh, David Sanders, who's, who's been on the show, uh, and uh, you know, he, he, he's written about this before. Um, but like, the act of self-creation, of self-invention, um, is something that we see uh, in, in the American character and in, in, in the story of America over and over again. And, and Kevin, I'm, I'm sure you can speak to this. Well, Kanye is a perfect example of this. Here's a guy who basically became whatever he wanted to become. You know, mm -hmm. first he was a producer. He wanted to be a producer. He became a producer. Then he wanted to be a rapper, and he became a rapper. Then he wanted to get into fashion. And he became, you know, a fashion icon. And he, he, no obstacle is too big, whether it's running for president of the United States or, you know, upending the fashion world in a lot of ways. He, he just, he decides he's going to do something and then he does it. And then no longer is Ye just a producer. He's a producer and a rapper. And then no longer is he a producer. He, he, no longer is he just a producer and a rapper. He's also, you know, a designer. And then, you know, it's like the circle goes on and on of he creates himself constantly and he, he reinvents. Um, and I think, you know, maybe perhaps being in, in, in America encouraged that, whereas there's this whole Paul Poppy syndrome phenomenon in, in Australia, or there's a saying in Japanese, the, uh, the nail that sticks out gets hammered, uh, <laughs> which is kind of like, you know, fall in line. So yeah. it's, it's tough because, you, you know, is is Kanye um, a great self-inventor, uh, or is he delusionally, you know, self-confident? Is this, you know, does he have delusions of of, of grandeur? Um, maybe a little bit of, and you know, you mentioned when a giant looks in the mirror, he sees nothing. Um, mm -hmm. Bringing Kanye back down to earth, maybe it's good to believe in yourself up to a point, but it goes overboard. I don't know. There's there's a lot to unpack here. So why don't we start with you, Kevin, and talk about self-invention in the American character in relation to Kanye, and then we'll come back to, to Susie. Yeah. yeah I, I like Susie's dichotomy because I think that is, and I think you're right to connect that to, it. it's sort of his animating force. Um, and it's it's, if you look at, uh, Kanye, he's just full of contradictions, and these contradictions help propel him forward, but they also destroy him repeatedly. Mm -hmm. uh, and he destroys himself like he's a self-destructive fallen angel. And he, like, I wonder if he has control over the self-invention. Like, is it something that he is he just so taken by it that he has to do it like it's a compulsion and that's not to to like downgrade his obvious talent and his hard work um but it he, he sort of you're right scott in that like he's in many ways he seems to have invented himself like he seems to have created himself and i think that that goes back to like a dynamic that Otto Rank talks about in art and the artist with regard mm -hmm. to like the um, the artist is a special person and they're mm -hmm. struggling and they they feel the need to be a hero by using their talents and when they do that they come in conflict with whatever higher power they believe in 
and they lose every time. And they have this wonderful artwork that's heroic, but it's not heroic enough. It's never heroic enough for them. So they keep going, and, and it, there's a spiral that's happening at the same, same time they're ascending. So, And the more they fall upwards, the more intense it gets. The more their artistry comes out, the more their creativity comes out. So it's like, I can imagine it's pretty fucking confusing to be Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing he believes he cannot do which yeah. is i think it's a beautiful thing but as you mentioned that obviously you know has some some downfalls it's like mm -hmm. uh, maybe sometimes you shouldn't do some things mm -hmm. um what kevin talk a little bit more about um uh the ways in which or how this is related to the american character do you think kanye is a product of you know that this is sort of a hyperbolic version of the like Horatio Alger, Abraham Lincoln, Benjamin Franklin story of creating yourself. Um, could Kanye exist elsewhere? Would Kanye have been able to become, <laughs> would Ye have been able to become Ye if he were not born in, or if he were not, if he mm. didn't come of age in the United States? Kevin first and then Susie. Mm. I think that, like this is the era of America. We don't know how much longer this is going to be the era of America, but <laughs> we, for now, it's the America. It's the era of America, and um, it, so it only makes sense that Ye would ascend to the height of the the the, the like nationality of the era. Uh, I mean, I think he would be a character at different points in history. It's actually kind of funny to imagine Ye in like medieval Europe or something. Uh, <laughs> like I'm the king, I told you. Uh, like, uh, but yeah, I don't. I think it makes sense. I mean, he he definitely is an expression of the American spirit. He, he's like proof that you can do some pretty incredible things in, in America. Susie, what if what if this kid were in? Yeah. <laughs> would he still be Kanye? Um, you're right in touching on earlier the idea of tall puppy syndrome because that's a reality in Australia and I think probably in England as well. And tall puppy syndrome is this, it's the perception that, um, you know, if someone is a little big for their boots or if they've come into kind of notable wealth or prominence, that they're going to be kind of cut down to size. And I think that applies to us as individuals as well. We think that of ourselves, like, oh, I can't get too big for my boots. I've got to stay in line. Uh, and we really, really value the underdog. And so I think what inter what's interesting here is that Kanye's come up story of being the underdog is almost irresistible to, to us and especially yeah. to me as an Australian it's like I want to root for him when he's in those offices trying to play his music to people and people are just not listening to him it's like listen to him um can you not hear the genius um and so um I think in that sense yes we we, we experience the same come-up stories and it's not to say that we don't have great Australian great Australian rap it's not to say that our history isn't filled with suffering just like it is filled with suffering for the African-American peoples. Uh, and so there are some similarities, um, but no doubt the uh, idea of I am the greatest and I'm going to tell you I am the greatest doesn't exist so much in Australia. I think that that is, that is the truth. But, you know, it's no doubt that we still can take 
his tenacity as inspiration, and I think a lot of Australians probably do. I mean, he still sells out stadiums here, and so obviously people are engaged with not just his music, but him as a personality, as, as an individual. And so I think there's lessons to be learned there. Well, Is there like a comparable version in Australia of, of Kanye? Like a big uh, musician or something? There's like uh, big rap groups like Bliss and Esso. And, um, <clears throat> but what's interesting about, um, I guess, the Americanization of Australia is like, there's a lot of people who are really into Australian rap, but they're probably different than the people who are into American rap. I mean, I'm really into American or international rap, and I don't really listen to a lot of Aussie rap. Um, So I think there's a big cultural difference there. Uh, But, you know, although I mentioned that we do have a history of suffering, it's very, it's, it's very different than the story of the African-American people. In Australia, our, our story of our First Nations people is more comparable to probably your First Nations people or the Native Americans than what African-Americans have been through. And so we don't relate as much to those, to those stories. or we, we, don't, we can't tell those stories as much, I guess. Well, Susie, let's harp on this for a second. You, you raise an interesting point um, <laughs> that Kanye is rapping, or yeah, excuse me, is rapping, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I use that name interchangeably <laughs> where I shouldn't. Um, yeah, he's rapping about, one could argue, sociopolitical issues that are very particular to America. Or, yeah. You know, at the beginning, very particular to, you know, his upbringing in, in Chicago, his experiences. Here you are, you know, 10,000 kilometers away in Australia. Do you, I mean, particularly with the, with the earlier stuff before, you know, it became this world phenomenon. Um, yeah. Do you feel in Australia that the issues about which Ye is uh, rapping are still relevant to you um, in a totally different uh, country and different context? Um, I don't believe in a lot of the values that Ye currently h- holds, but one value I really believe in is our shared common humanity, and he talks mm-hmm. about that quite a lot. And I think that that is something that makes what he raps about or how how he raps incredibly relatable, no matter where you are in the world. So I think that I know I'm uh, not directly answering your your question, Scott, but I think that that's really the crucial element because you hear a song like Through the Wire and you think about overcoming adversity. And that's something we've all been through. I mean, you hear I mean, just the songs that that we've mentioned, Ultra Light Beans, you relate to, you know, that what washing of the sins hey mama you relate to your relationship with your family uh and your loved ones and so what comes through in his music is stories of shared humanity and that itself can't only be directed to one country because they're 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 values that we all share the ideas that we've all kind of been through right but i think what's really different is the suffering that his people have been through is different than where I was born, uh, and that that I think is distinct. And I think that in Australia, we don't have anyone who really pushes their themselves as the greatest of all times, like you all do in America. And oh, it's yeah. not just it's not just Kanye though, right? Like you've got yeah. Kobe, you've got Jordan, you've got um, <laughs> you've got Trump, you've yeah. got uh, so many, so many. But also, yeah. you, you guys are producing ultra geniuses, and I wouldn't put pa- past those people to to call them that. I mean, you're producing maybe not Trump. I'm sorry, if, but you know <laughs> other 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 people. I, yeah. 
genuine like you know Michael Jordan is a genius in his own right you know you guys have people like that and in in, I mean in my space there's people who look at intellectuals who say oh you know that that person's crazy I say actually no they're just they're just a genius and you you just can't see it like that so yeah yeah that that overlap is interesting too just the the clash of genius and crazy Uh, uh, at at the very least neurotic like and in some cases psychotic mm. we'll talk about yeah. it Kevin. let's get into yeah. it Is yeah yeah genius uh Is yes Kanye- yeah yes yeah and, and i think he's a genius in in like the sense that like he doesn't have control over his genius mm. like he um it's something that moves through him like and it moves consistently through him and like a lot of people who are very talented he gets into all kinds of shit and then gets himself out by being monstrously talented. Like, um, my beautiful, dark, is, twisted is fantasy. Price? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy is like the perfect example of like a, 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 a genius in every sense, like a tortured genius, but also like somebody really having fun with their excellence. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, yeah. Scott? No, I was just saying, you know, this expression, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Maybe, you know, in order for Kanye to be Kanye, you know, he just barrels through whatever he needs to barrel through. Well, sorry. I I wonder, I wonder what Kevin thinks about this. I'm curious because I mean, we would be remiss, we would be remiss not to mention his bipolar and his mental illness, but I wonder about what Kevin, you think about the loss of his mom, right? His mom dies. Yeah. And everything changes, right? Like it, do you think it, everything changed? Cause I feel like once his mom Dude. died, it was like a string detached and then it just yeah. started unraveling. Um, because even you hear him say like he's, when he does his work with Cuddy, you hear him say things like, uh, you know, I have my wife, I have my kids, I have my plaques, and I still feel suicidal. Like that was that just cut me so deep when he said that because because it felt like an unraveling of someone who was just looking for whatever this was, the striving for this happiness. And although he tried and he succeeded and he tried and he succeeded, he still missed a huge part, which was being able to leave behind this sadness. But what do you think? I'm challenged by it. Man, his stuff with Cuddy, when the two of them get together, they, they're able to like sort of exercise their, uh, inner, the, the darker parts of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. I think after the death of Donda, that's when uh, the Taylor Swift incident happened. You know, he got, he was drinking Hennessy on the red carpet and, just lost his mind a little bit. And then mm. the entire world just, you know, I mean, the president called him a jackass. Like mm. uh, Ob- Obama, what do you? Yeah. Obama called him a jackass, right? That's right. Yeah. He did. I forget, I forget which presidents have called him what. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then he like, I mean, he was humiliated. Like just that clip mm. of him on Jay Leno and Jay Leno was just like basically yeah. heckling him into apologizing. And, um, he vanishes, goes to Hawaii and makes one of the greatest albums ever made. Yeah. That's kind of the magic, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's, there's like an emptiness in him from Donda and that the genius documentary does such a good, I'm so glad you brought that up because it mm-hmm. does such a good job of capturing. I mean, 
Donda just she seems angelic and they, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that imagery in there like of angels and her talking about angels and sort of this like mystical air that she has it's it's not put on it's like mm-hmm. there's something sort of like holy and, and not even in the religious way something kind of sacred about the way she acts and the, the um the ability she has to inspire him I got COVID mm. brain. Sorry, I got a little bit of COVID <laughs> brain. So it's like That's going on and off. Yeah. We we got it. We all got a bit of COVID brain, not right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder whether though I just this thought just popped into my mind. I wonder whether that unraveling is just something that's exclusive to Kanye. I know this sound topic, but I wonder if that's more distinct through society. I mean, you guys both know more about politics than than I know, but I mean, thinking to the incident where Will Smith smacks Chris Rock, I mean, that's an unraveling. I mean, the fact that, um, you know, your your country elected a, uh, a TV star and a millionaire as the president, and maybe that is a sign, I don't know, maybe it is or it's not. Um, but, you know, maybe there's more to it than than just Kanye, but I'm not sure. I think with anybody, I mean, this is not to excuse uh, poor behavior in any way. And I think bad behavior should always be uh, condemned, particularly some of the uh, harassing behaviors that he's demonstrated towards his ex-wife. Just to go on the record and say that, not not a fan of that. Um, But I think that when you look at any celebrity or anybody with a public profile, it's easy to sort of look at them as if they were a character in a movie or a character in a book, because to a lot of us, that's exactly what they are. A lot of us will never meet, perfect, you know, most people will never interact personally with professional athletes, uh, high-paid actors, Susie, you're an exception because you run an event company, but like the general populace, you know, you, mm. you don't. You don't interact with celebrities on a daily basis. So they are characters mm-hmm. in books and magazines and movies. And because they're characters, we tend to think of them not necessarily as people, but as, you know, as as we would think about, you know, somebody in a movie. And the result of that is to, I guess, fail to recognize that they're human and they're fallible. And Kanye West is extremely fallible. I mean, you talked about this earlier, Kevin. The guy is not without his faults. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also suffers from, as you mentioned, Susie, multiple mental health disorders. And so, uh, which I'm not faulting him for those. I'm just saying no. he's, he's, no, he's no, not, no. Um, he's a human, just like yeah. you know, us. He is a superstar and he is a, you know, a genius uh, music creator, fashion designer, um, but he's he's also with the same you know faults and blemishes and complexities that the the rest of us are. Mm. Yeah, I I think something that Kanye does, yeah, that kind of relates to what we're talking about is that you know he tells people the truth about who he is. Like he's the one who's out there telling us I'm the greatest, you know, yes, I'm flawed. Yes. I had these uh, suicidal tendencies. Yes. I was on the drugs. Yes. I was on the Henny. Um, He tells us the truth about who he is. And I think that there's something that's refreshing about that, but maybe something a little scary about that because we don't know Mm -hmm. how to really handle that truth as it is. Um, So I I think that's interesting. The level of transparency of Mm. despite uh, or despite you know, 
what are problems with Percocet or, or weight gain or Henny or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm still the fucking OG. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, he's, he's, uh, Ray Dalio is the CEO of Bridgewater. I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but one of his, um, not that I know him personally, but you know, he wrote this book <laughs> called, he wrote this book called Friendship. That's how we all make our judgments. <laughs> well, you know, he was, there was, it was a funny thing. Um, it was like, he was talking about the Great Recession. I'm like, is that the story of your hairline, Ray? Um, <laughs> that's mean. That's funny. No, that's mean. But what, anyway, what if it's <laughs> One of his things is radical, uh, radical transparency, radical honesty. Mm. Just like this is thing of Bridgewater's crazy hedge fund in Connecticut, where you know it, they get a little weird. They're like everyone has like a baseball card that every of like stats on what they're good at. They're good at quantitative, qualitative. Whatever. Oh, really? Else in the company is constantly like ranking them, and your stats are available. To Damn, it's very strange. It's sort of like a Black Mirror episode. But um, one of his thing is like in a meeting, you should always speak up whether you're the lowest end of the on the totem pole. You're like, it's your first day of work. You should still speak out against the CEO. And anyway, the point of that is that you should always like be radically honest. And there is, you know, Mm -hmm. there's something confronting and jarring about like, you know, someone who's not agreeable, someone who's sort of like abrasive. But Kanye, Kanye is extremely impressive. Mm. Yeah. Um, but there's also something appealing about this level of the level of access that he gives us into his own life. I think the movie yes. is a great example of that. The the the, the, the three part trilogy, Gene. Yes. The the trilogy was made by you know Kanye's friend Simmons, um, and one could think that if you hire your friend to make a documentary about you. Um, by the way, Susie's a great documentary maker. Um, <laughs> no, thanks for putting that out there. Um, plug for uh, Islam. I appreciate you. But um, look, if you hire your friend to make a documentary, uh, you could just have them make it very flattering and tell, mm. you know, yeah. shape the narrative. This was not a flattering documentary, particularly part three. And mm-hmm. so I think maybe that's one of the, you talked about this, Susie, maybe that's one of the appealing things of Kanye is that he's very open about his flawed he, he's just another you know guy trying to figure it out i don't know what, what do you guys make of this um about the fact particularly part three of the documentary that this was not overly self-congratulatory it showed kanye in his complexities it showed his his uh a, li- a little bit of institutionalization and talking about um you know drinking uh percocet uh some of his other mental health issues um the movie didn't sort of like brush that under the rock, cover that up. What do you guys, do you think that's what's appealing about Kanye? Or one of the things that's appealing is that he's so open about his flaws. Um, I don't know if my question makes any sense. Maybe no, it does. Ma- my ass here a little bit. <laughs> no, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, it, it's it's tricky. Because I, I agree. I think it's part of what gets him in trouble, gets him in a lot of trouble. Um, and I don't know. I mean, he's famous on a level that's like unimaginable for for us for most people like except for royal i I think of him as american royalty like (laughs) he really doesn't live in the same world as us um and i mean he's just like if you look at his family tree it's ridiculous like like he he was he like was married to somebody who was connected to the oj simpson trial like mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just like um 
and all these connections. Like he hangs out with Dave Chappelle, like randomly. Uh, I, I heard a story about him going over to uh, oh, what's his name. I'll remember in a second, but he he can just sort of like do what he wants as oh yeah as a result of his his art. So it's like yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell. Like I mean, he could very well control his narrative if, if he wanted to at this point. Like he's powerful now. Have if you guys have watched the Drink Champs app where he name drops and they like have a ticker up where he's like name dropping. He's like Elon Musk, uh, Sade, whatever, whatever names like he's wow. mentioning all popping up. And I don't know what I it ended on, that. but it was like over like sixty name drops. And yeah, he was talking about how what is he this? just has. It's his drink drink champs, drink champs oh, okay. episode. Nice. I'll look that oh, up. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, what I love about that um, podcast is it's about giving people their flowers while they're still here. Nice. And I think that's really special, like showing appreciation and love to people while we're, while they're still here, not just at their funeral. And, um, like but anyway, yeah. So he, he talks about how his house is just this little box and he, he travels around the world and he went and met yeah. the head of, he, he went to, I, I forget where he was going, Scott, correct me, but he went and met the head of Balenciaga, wherever he was in Paris, yeah. I think. And yeah. he turns up and he doesn't have any underwear and <laughs> the head of Balenciaga is like, that's okay. So he just wore free Balenciaga underwear for that like two. <laughs> weeks that he was there and it's like you know that's he was like that's my goal is to be able to go anywhere in the world and to have people who would take me in and uh and i was like yeah Kanye, you come to australia you can stop come stay at susie's crib that's all right <laughs> um but yeah i think that's a really interesting point i you know to scott's question i don't i don't know i mean whether that makes him more relatable or whether that's why people don't like him so much but to me awesome. in my interpretation of it um, I, I, I saw it as someone who is much more relatable. That's going through a hard time. It, it pulled at my heartstrings more than anything. Uh, and sometimes made me slap my forehead and say, Oh, I, you know, you just need a good friend around you, man. Um, so I think that's very challenging. Susie, so this is, um, and it is an interesting thing to get into. I also like that that drink champs episode of you know him talking about he there was a thing about like i don't have a house i don't believe in the concept of a yeah house. Like, <laughs> i want to i want to be a nomad yeah yeah well i mean i've sort of lived my life according to that philosophy and then when i uh, when i heard that episode i was like you know, this is cool i just yeah. got you know i got back from a um a seven or eight week trip in america where uh, a very small portion of that time um, was i like actually paying rent i was just staying with friends nice. in different places in dc i was staying with my brother in la i was staying on a friend's couch new york i was staying with my dad um and it, it's nice to to be able to stay with people but that's totally irrelevant um susie uh, you you mentioned the word relatable twice now in this interview yeah. i wrote it down on my little notepad um, <laughs> and so you're gonna put a little ticker up every time yeah. i say relatable um, well i mean but it's a good it's a good uh point because here's this guy as you've described kevin who does not live occupy the same reality that we occupy. He goes to Paris and doesn't have underwear and gets a, <laughs> a bullet-free Balenciaga underwear. Um, and he, he goes on a date with, with Julia Fox um, and then they come home and his <laughs> gift for her was a whole walking I closet. I know! Um, wow. And so, yeah, this is not, um, you know, he's he's... 
he's not working uh, nine to five, punching in and, and, and punching out like some people. He does occupy this weird, um, not weird, but just a space that's different from the space that a lot of people occupy. And yet, yeah, here you are, Susie Jamil, saying that this is really, you know, he's relatable. Yeah. Um, so how, what, what about, I mean, I think maybe something something that people take issue with in Kanye is, oh, I have nothing in common with the guy because, you know, he's just so obscenely wealthy or so obscenely powerful or so obscenely influential that, like, mm. he de- he doesn't speak to my experience. And yet, one of the best-selling artists of all time, he does speak to people's experience. Yeah, absolutely. You referred to him as life-changing, Kevin, mm. and you mm. have said he's relatable. So how is Kanye uh, relatable to you? Is it is it the, these universal issues like persistence from through the wire of, like, really working hard for something or or struggling, going going through, you know, some sort of difficult period in your life. How, how, how have you found Kanye to be relatable, Susie? Well, um, I don't know if you or Kevin ever do this, but sometimes when I'm going through a bit of a hard day or I just feel like giving up, I think, what would Kanye do? WWKD. <laughs> I, think, I, think, well, I think, well, well, Kanye would pick up the phone again and call someone else and ask them for some time. Or Kanye would sit there and, and play his track or show people what he's good for. And sometimes I feel like I go through the same experiences. It's really challenging being a young female entrepreneur. There's a lot of things that we come up against and a lot of things that try to push us back. It's hard being a young person regardless in 2020. It's hard being anyone in 2022 after going through a global pandemic. And oftentimes when I feel like I've had enough, I can't do this. It's too many pushbacks, too many hurdles. I think, well, Kanye went out there with nothing, man. Like he had great skill, great talent. It was just exuding out of him, the talent. It was so clear, but people wouldn't take him seriously, but he believed in himself. And that's sometimes all we have is our own self-belief to get us through that adversity that we go through. And time and time again, I fall back on that. You know, you take time out and you think you think about people that have gone through it hard. And that's why I think that documentary meant so much to me because you would never ever be able to co- create a documentary like that again today. Back then, people didn't people didn't say, oh, get the camera out of my face. Oh, don't film me on your phone. Today, you can't even hold a camera or a phone up to anyone without them freaking out that you're going to record them and put it up online. So that was such a beautiful creation that Cootie made um, that today, <laughs> no way, Kanye would be like, uh, we've got to have all our papers in order first. We've got to have lawyers look everything <laughs> through before you point the camera at me. It's like, Guys, like we're missing so much opportunity. So I think to me, that's why it's relatable because I've been able to see the journey of come up. Uh, I've been able to see the the fall down and the come back up. And also we've all been, we've all done things that we regret in our lives. Or we've all said things that we look back on and we're like, oh shit, uh, maybe I should not have done that. We've all had fallouts with our family, our friends, and he's gone through all of that. And so that to me is so relatable, but Kevin, what do you think? Is it the same for you? Yeah, I love that. I love that inspirational aspect. I I'm I go onto the Kanye subreddit all the time, and anytime he starts fucking up, they're on there and they're like, "Come on, Kanye! You know you've helped me so much in my life. What what can we do? Let's do yeah. something for Kanye." And that's a wild uh, a wild reality that 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 happens. Like that we want to save these people who we don't even know, but we know them so well, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the death of a celebrity, just who we care about really tears us up. 
Uh, no, that's a really cool. That's a really cool way to see that. And I, I choose to see the the optimism and the creativity in Kanye as well, or and Ye yeah. as well. Where it's like, I think a lot of people are quick to just write him off as an arrogant jackass or an asshole or whatever. And I, that's fine. Anybody can believe that. That's totally fine. Um, but I, I think there's so much more to him. And it's really cool how you said that. Yeah. But how does he inspire you? I'm curious about that. Like, has he had much impact in your career decisions or your work? Or Like, I, I'm really curious about that. Yeah, no, hugely, hugely. I, uh, I use, um, and a lot of my, in my profile series, I did a profile of like guys like Jordan Peterson and, and people like that. And I structured the whole thing around con the, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. So like, wow. yeah, like power, the, uh, the, the profile on, uh, Peterson was power and it was just about power. Like no, no one man should have all this power. Mm. Um, so yeah. And, uh, I did a, I did another series more recently, and I actually got to interview Kanye. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, at, cool. Yeah, at, uh, he was speaking at uh, very briefly. It was just a very brief interview, but it was uh, at uh, Joel Osteen. You know J who Joel Osteen is? The like t I televangelist. Don't know who he is. Yeah. Oh, televangelist. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. He he converted like the the old Houston uh, Rockets stadium into a mega church. Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. yeah so he, Kanye was like in his middle of like in the middle of his like Jesus phase, and he was like hitting up the church. And I could I could tell he was probably going to go for pol either him or Kim Kardashian were going to go for politics soon because they were yeah. super friendly. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a cool experience. That was like one of those like mind blowing things as well uh it's he's a fascinating guy like the pace of his uh, pace of his life is just too much to keep up with mm. that's what i found like even for this interview i was like okay l let me like think about all the kanye things and it's just too much to think about too much yeah <laughs> absolutely look Susie, i want to be and kevin i want to be respectful of your time i know we all have promises to keep and, and, and miles to go before we sleep but before i release you off into the wild um uh, just one last quick question um, relating to an Australian artist, uh, the Kid Leroy. Um, well, he just he popped into my head. I might be seeing him uh, next week or the week after at Dark Mofo. Kevin, if you don't know, it's this arts festival in Tasmania. Um, nice. So maybe this, I, look, I, I don't know that much about the guy's music other than the fact that it's very catchy. Um, but as I understand it, here's this teenager who is now like an international celebrity, like a, a male Billie Eilish. Um, mm -hmm. what, I mean, what do we, is this an example of someone who cut through the tall poppy syndrome and self-invented or what's the story? Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about the kid Leroy, to be honest. So you're asking the wrong person, Scott. I'm sorry. My taste in hip hop doesn't Fair come enough. down to the kids <laughs> in this generation. I don't even know much about Billie Eilish. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you ask me about Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole? Because I know you talk about that all day. So I don't know, but I mean, maybe in the sense that there is a new generation of hip hop uh, of these kids kind of setting the stage for a new version of what hip hop is and will be into the future. And that's kind of the TikTok generation. Uh, and I think that a lot of us more old hip hop heads 
uh, might, might have a bit of a chuckle about that the new generation of artists, but props to them because they're cutting through and they're getting the airtime that they need. Um, and I think even, you know, Kevin, when you go back and watch that Drink Champs episode, you'll see Kanye's like, stop talking about TikTok, you know? Like, yeah, stop talking about freaking TikTok, man. Um, but, but I understand. I mean, I, I get it. But maybe you're right in that um, there's, a, there's a hit there for, the, for these new kids to step out into the limelight. And I would be supportive in the sense that there needs to be new inspiration for the new generation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. With that, um, I just want to conclude uh, by asking for some favorites. Susie, favorite Kanye song? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I wasn't expecting this. Yes. Okay, favorite album. Favorite album. Um, can I name three? <laughs> uh, I think no. that um, Life of Pablo is underrated. I think that... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that Donda is an excellent album, and I think that probably my favorite is College Dropout. Um, okay. Or, I mean, okay, and, and the best album that he's ever produced is Twisted Fantasy, Dr. Twisted Fantasy. That's the best album he's ever produced, but not my favorite album. Two different things that... Okay, I'm sorry. Kevin. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's so awesome. I love that. I love everything. I love every part of that answer. Yeah, Pablo, totally under, underrated. Yeah, Pablo is probably my favorite. Uh, we didn't talk about Yeezus at all. There's like, it's like, that's the thing with Kanye. You, you can't cover it all. Yeah. What about you, Scott? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I don't listen to that much Kanye. I learned a lot in this interview. Uh, nice. <laughs> I learned quite a bit. I mean, like, I, I don't dislike him. I like the songs that I hear, but I'm not, I'm not a hip hop head. I've only gotten into it recently. So hmm. I've, I listened to the college dropout at the gym this morning. Mm. Um, nice. And I, That's awesome. I liked it, but oh, exciting. Uh, I won't, um, I won't attempt to, you know, be a faker and give an answer that I can't really stand by. I haven't listened to all the discography, so I wouldn't rank one above the other. Mm. College dropout was interesting though. I, I enjoyed it. It's a great album. Can I yeah, it's. Can I say one more point, and I just want to get Kevin's opinion on this. Is I think that the main point I take away from Kanye, and tell me if you feel the same, or maybe I'm totally missing the point, is that Kanye sees like life is fleeting, right? Like he thinks that he must do his best and be his best because life is fleeting, time is fleeting, and I think that that ultimately is the point of Kanye. It's like. He constantly wants to make the world as good as it, it can be, especially through his art, and he wants to be the best that he can be. But I think that's my main kind of takeaway from Kanye. Kevin, what do you think? I like that. I like that take. And and that's mine's generally the same. It's mm. it's optimistic. Even when he goes dark, it's um he, he's moving forward. I don't think he can slow down his acceleration. I think mm. it's too fast mm. for him. Uh, I think he moves too fast for himself. And that, yeah, I think ultimately he, he is always going to do the right thing. So I, I don't think I'll ever have to stop listening to Kanye West. Or yay. Yeezy. Yay. Jesus, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Susie, Jamil, and Kevin Ryan, thanks so much for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you. So Thank you. Thank you.